We hope you are enjoying the old-time radio programs on the Radio Then.network podcast. You will find many biographies and audio clips from the past on our blog. www.radiothen.network In just a moment, recollections at 30. But first... Now there's a melody you'll recognize, opus number one in the inimitable Dorsey style. And there'll be lots more of your favorite tunes, old and new, on NBC Bandstand all this week. The Dorsey Brothers will appear in person, and you'll also enjoy some of the sweetest music this side of heaven. By Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadians. Wayne King and Freddie Martin come along, too, together with bright personalities like Burt Parks and Johnny Mercer. It's wonderful live music weekday mornings with NBC Bandstand. Now stay tuned for Recollections at 30 on NBC. Recollections at 30. NBC, celebrating its 30th year of broadcasting, invites you to memorable moments of radio's earlier days. In this special series of broadcasts, you'll reminisce among NBC's vast and historic library of sound. You'll hear the stars, the songs, the great moments in sports and special events that have highlighted these 30 years of NBC network broadcasting. And here, guiding our recollections at 30, is Ed Herlihy. Thank you, Fred Collins, and good evening, everybody. You know, one of the pleasures of putting together these recollections at 30 comes from the warm personal reminiscences in the letters that you folks are sending to me. After last week's program, one lady in Minneapolis wrote, it certainly brought back some wonderful memories. My folks are no longer with us, but as I listened to your program, I could almost hear my dad saying, yowza, yowza, for he always mocked Ben Burney. And my mother would sit laughing at Tizzy Lish's recipes. Yes, only radio can let a person dream back into the past with his own thoughts. Well, that's from one lady's letter, but here's a bit of the past for you from a very famous twosome. I wonder if you can recall their name. Let's sail to dreamland on a silvery sea love beside us, a dreamboat to guide us, what more can there be? Let's sail to dreamland in the blue of the night, the land of kisses where heaven and blisses and stars are so bright. We'll build a love nest, just a cozy high above a nest, and stroll in stars that fall just like the dew. Let's sail to dreamland on a silvery sea, where dreams are making and romance is waiting for you and well, can you name them? I'll give you a hint. They used to identify themselves and their sponsor together musically, like this. Listen. We're the interwoven pair, Jones and Hare. That's right, Billy Jones and Ernie Hare. You know, last week when I heard of the terrible disaster involving the Andrea Doria in the Stockholm... 
I remembered, as I'm sure most of us did, some of the disasters of the past covered by radio. And from NBC's priceless library of sound, we are able to recreate the night of May 6, 1937, when NBC broke into its regular program with this bulletin. Lakehurst, New Jersey. The German dirigible Hindenburg is on fire. How serious is the blaze cannot be determined at this time, but it is reported that the entire ship is involved. The Hindenburg had been hovering around Lakehurst for over an hour, trying to land with her passengers when the fire broke out. Just before the ship went into flames, there was an explosion which was felt throughout the entire neighborhood. The explosion occurred just as the big ship's nose approached the mooring mast. Her lines had been dropped, and she was about 300 feet from the ground. This bulletin is from the Press Radio Bureau. The arrival of the Hindenburg was to have been a joyful occasion. It was the first anniversary of the inauguration of transatlantic air service. And to record the event, WLS in Chicago sent one of its announcers, Herbert Morrison by name, to Lakehurst. He was hard at work describing routinely the details of the airship's arrival, and his spontaneous eyewitness account of this great disaster was one of radio's highlights. The ship is riding majestically toward us like some great feather, riding as though it was mighty, mighty proud of the place it's playing in the world's aviation. The ship is no doubt bustling with activities we can see. Orders are shouted to the crew. The passengers are probably lining the windows looking down at the field ahead of them, getting their glimpse of the mooring mast. There are a number of important persons on board, and no doubt the new commander, Captain Max Chris, is thrilled, too, for this is his great moment, the first time he's commanded the Hindenburg. On previous flights, he acted as the chief officer under Captain Lehman. It's practically standing still now. They've dropped ropes out of the nose of the ship and uh, has been taken a hold of down on the field by a number of men. The back motors of the ship are just holding it uh, just enough to keep it from... It burst into flames, keep... Get out of the way, get it started, get it started. It's crazy, it's crashing, it's crashing terrible. Oh my, get out of the way, please. It's burning, bursting into flames and, and it's falling on the morning fast and all the folks between us, this is terrible. This is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's... A unique, dramatic experience from the pages of history. As I said before, it's most interesting to me to pick up your letters and notice that one of the most frequently requested teams is that of Julius Sanderson and Frank Crummett. Frank was one of the first stage stars to become active in radio, and once the listening public heard him and his wife, Julia Sanderson, both of them remained very, very active for a long, long time. I personally owed them both a lot. I used to be their announcer on the old Blackstone Plantation Party originating in Hotel Bradford in Boston. Parker Fennelly was featured in that cast, too, and both he and Frank Crummett were in part responsible for my coming to New York. Well, <laughs> I certainly am reminiscing, am I not? 
Well, here they are again, Julius Anderson and Frank Crummett. Did you say good morning this morning? Yes. When you had your coffee and toast? Or did you just mumble with a grouchy grumble to the one you love the most? Did you say good morning this morning to the friends you meet every day? Or did old man Satan make you start out hating every smile that came your way? If you're a grouchy person, I'm not. A cure you should begin. And try a trouble chasing a frown, erasing a simple little grin. Did you say good morning this morning? Well, if you didn't, hurry home and then. Go to bed a while. Get up and smile and, and start, start all over, over again. again. Did you say good morning this morning when you had your coffee and toast? Or did you just mumble with a grouchy grumble to the one you love the most? Did you say good morning this morning to the friends you meet every day? Or did old man Satan make you start out hating every smile that came your way? If you're a grouchy person, the cure you should begin. Yeah, try a trouble chasing a frown, erase a simple little grin Did you say good morning this morning? Well, if you didn't, hurry home and then Go to bed a while Get up and smile and, and start all over again Anyone who has made a regular practice of sitting in his living room back in the 30s and listening to the radio and who didn't needs no introduction to Phil Baker, Bottle and Beetle and his accordion. This was Phil's final broadcast of the 1935 season, and they were ribbing each other about having to look for summer jobs. Let's look at these want ads, Bart. Oh, Mr. Baker. Well, here's one that might suit me. It says, uh, are you ambitious? Sell Buller brushes. Call on housewives while husbands are at work. Golden opportunity. (laughs) That's good. Earn while you learn, I say. Oh, I say. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Baker. Oh, I say, listen to this. What? Says, uh, wanted, uh, office girl. Must be attractive, tall, blonde, and sociable. Mm-hmm. Slight knowledge of typing. Yeah. <laughs> Apply Giltmore Arms, apartment 28. Bring friends. Where's that? Where's that? <laughs> hey, that's nice work, too. Oh, <laughs> I say, Mr. Baker, here's a job that just suits you. Uh. Here's one. Wanted, uh, wanted landscape gardener with exterminating experience. Mm-hmm. To take care of plants and shrubs. That's just the job for me, Bart. Read on. Uh, no worms wanted. Mm-hmm. That leaves you out, Baker. There he goes, folks. Beetle, the scarecrow in the field of honor. Listen here, Beetle. Do you know what a worm is? Sure, a snake's pup. Ah, you're wrong, my boy. A snake doesn't have any pups. Oh, Mr. Baker, what do snakes have? Radio contract. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Beetle. I'm... All right. Okay, come on out with it. What is it? What are you laughing at? Ooh, one fire plug greeting another fire plug. Hi, Drench. Right. Oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Baker, a man just came in. Perhaps he has a job for you. Yes. Good evening, my good man. Have you come to offer me a job? Oh, yes, it is. So my advertisement brought results. You've been listening to my program, eh? No. And how did you know I was going to need a job this week? I heard your program last week. <laughs> So you were the one. But uh, tell me, (laughs) my quick-witted friend, is this job working for you or is it honest labor? 
Well, I'll come to the point. I want you to take care of my baby. Take care of your baby? Nothing doing. The last baby I took care of cried all night. Why didn't you give her the bottle? Then what would I do? <laughs> no bottle. But my butler, Bottle, will take the job. No, Mr. Baker, no, no, no. I refuse. Bottle, take the job or I'll hide your paper dolls. Oh, Mr. Baker, not that. Well? <laughs> will you take the job? Oh, very well, I'll do it. I'll take care of this gentleman's baby. Good. I say, Mr. Baker. Oh, I say, look, look at that beautiful girl who just came in. Hello, tall, dark, and handsome. I've been looking all over for you. Say, who is this beautiful blonde? That's my baby. Oh. <laughs> and now for my accordion solo tonight, I'm going to play for yous, um, or for yous, rather, uh, When a Gypsy Makes His Violin Cry. Aren't you glad you came? gone days. Well, our next excerpt recalls many personal memories for me again, for I was again the announcer on this daytime serial. Parker Fennelly was starred with Arthur Allen. And here's an excerpt from the very last broadcast of that wonderful series that I'll never forget. Snow Village Sketches. You remember Wilbur Sterling, Carrie and Asa Sterling's boy who left only last March to serve his country? Well, Wilbur's been sick down south in his camp hospital, and the folks here at home have been writing him. We thought you might like to hear a few of the letters that Wilbur's been getting lately. Well, here's one. Pretty shaky handwriting. Looks like Grand Sir Knox's. Uh, I'm sorry you've been sick, Wilbur, but at least you've got a good bed to lay in, which is more than I had when I was serving under General Custer... I had to sleep out on the ground with them engines prowling around and going, whoo, whoo, 
so's the man couldn't sleep at all. Well, now with the hunting season coming on, I shall miss you when I feel like going out gunning. The old dog, he misses you too. And here's a mighty important letter for any boy. And your grandpa didn't get a coon, and he come back soaking wet from falling in a brook. Imagine at his age. But then nobody can't do nothing with your grandpa. He didn't even get a cold. Things is pretty quiet here to hum. Sometimes I worry that you won't be satisfied after traveling around like you have and seeing so much of the country to, to settle down in a little New Hampshire town. But I callate you will. Margie's well. I know she's missing you, dear. Grammy's well, though her hip bothers. I'm about the same. Always thinking of you. Sending you my love. Mother. Yes, lots of letters for Wilbur to read. Lying there in the hospital in the south with the palmetto outside his window. Only time to give you one or two more. Here's one from Hattie Dickey. Dear Wilbur, this is just a short note to tell you that I'm sorry you've been sick and glad to hear you're on the mend. I thought that you might be interested to know that last Sunday, Reverend Lyon held a little service in honor of you boys who are away. The 18th Psalm. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And there's just one more letter. Just one. When that's read, that's all we've time for, and we must stop. I guess you know who's writing this one. Well, Wilbur, I've been rambling on for some time, and I've just read what I've wrote, and I almost wonder if it's worth sending. Just a lot of happenings in a small town. But I guess you like that town, Wilbur, and that makes a difference. There are those who love it. And that, I call it, Wilbur is why you want mind listening to my ramblings about the folks here. Because you love Snow Village. Many of us who observe the teenage enthusiasm for Elvis Presley today can recall when similar praise was heaped on Frank Sinatra. Well, here we go back to 1940, even before the girl started swooning over Frankie. Do you recall? He was just a featured vocalist with Tommy Dorsey. In this medley, you'll also hear another famous vocalist who is singing with the Dorsey band in the quartet then. And since then, she has made quite a name for herself. Listen. So what'll it be, Tommy? First, melancholy baby. Second, time on my hands. Third, I can't give you anything but love. Melancholy Baby, featuring Frank Sinatra as the vocalist. Come to me, my melancholy baby. Cuddle up and don't be blue. 
All your fears are foolish fancies Maybe You know, honey I'm in love with you Every cloud must have a silver lining Just you wait until that sun shines Smile, my honey dear While I kiss away each tear Or else I shall be melancholy too Tommy Darcy takes that golden throated trombone and gives us a solo for Time on My Hands. Steps up to the microphone to sing, I can't give you anything but love. And we must add, who could ask for anything more? I can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only thing I've plenty of, baby. Dream a while, scheme a while, you're Happiness and I guess All those things you've always planned for Gee, but I'd like to see you looking swell Baby, diamond bracelets, Woolworth doesn't sell Baby, till that lucky day you know There you are, Tommy Dorsey with Frank Sinatra and Joe Stafford. Tommy Dorsey was broadcasting on NBC in 1940, and now in 1956, featured with his brother Jimmy, their great orchestra is one of the greatest bands on NBC's new live show, Bandstand, heard every weekday morning. And so it goes, the memories crowd in each week as we recall NBC's 30 years of broadcasting. Now next week we're going to try something that I think ought to be quite appealing. In capsule form, we're going to give you the broadcast from one particular night in the year we've chosen, 1938. I think you'll find it a delightful evening with familiar names of the past. I always enjoy hearing your reactions and your suggestions for future programs. If you'd like to let me know, write to me, Ed Herlihy, H-E-R-L-I-H-Y, Ed Herlihy, NBC, 30 Rockefeller Plaza, New York 20, New York. So until next week... 
Good night, everyone. Ed Hurley has been your host on Recollections at 30. Next week at this time, there'll be another in this special series, commemorating NBC's 30th year of broadcasting. This is Fred Collins, hoping you'll be able to join us then for more of the great stars and great moments of the past. Recollections at 30 is directed by Bob Mueller. Bert Parks and Johnny Mercer, live on Bandstand, weekday mornings on NBC Radio. We hope you are enjoying the old-time radio programs on the Radio Then.network podcast. You will find many biographies and audio clips from the past on our blog. www.radiothen.network Check it out and bookmark the blog which also indexes our podcasts. www.radiothen.network